Hello and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. And Gib. And, and we are joined by... Johan Hermstruber. Yes, thanks for having me. Hey, Johan. Johan, you're here to talk about AI and a fascinating aspect of it I'd never considered before. But before we do that, you are associated with the Max Planck Institute for Research on Collective Goods. And that name, there's an underground station here close by. And I've been reading it for years, and I've never understood what that means, research on collective goods. What do you, what do, you do? What are you a, an expert in? Um, so it's an excellent question. And, and you know, there, there is this running gag by one of uh, our former directors, Martin Helwig, who said that the, the main reason for having an institute called Institute for Research on Collective Goods is that we don't exactly know what it is. <laughs> and that's exactly why we need that institute. <laughs> so what is it? Or maybe more importantly, what did you study? Uh, what we do on a more serious note is mostly experimental and empirical research, uh, research in behavioral economics, uh, and, and research on human behavior. Um, I personally have been working in the behavioral law and economics department. I've done a lot of experimental studies on how people um, decide in specific situations, analyzing what the impact of the law on human decision-making is. And you focus on artificial intelligence, or that's one of the things that you look into. Yes, exactly. So I've been um, involved, uh, or I've been doing research on um, artificial intelligence uh, and the law for quite some time now. I've mostly been exploring these issues um, using experimental and empirical methods. So how AI can be used by law enforcement or what exactly? Yes, exactly. So, so that's part of my research. Uh, so um, part of my research has been to explore how law enforcement can use AI, but I'm also particularly interested in the perception uh, of AI and, and the way that we can design processes in which an AI interacts with a legal decision maker. So it's how we think about it. Whether or not we can tolerate having decisions, certain decisions made for us by artificial intelligence. Exactly. So the, the question in my research is not really how to design mm. uh, the machine learning algorithms and the AI, but it's more about the perceptions and the evaluations and assessments that those affected by the AI have vis-a-vis -vis that AI. What do we think about it? I mean, this is a very tough question, actually. Um, so what we know, and uh, this is part of the, uh, the findings of a study we've, uh, we've done, is that there is a different perception in terms of procedural fairness between human decision makers and an AI. And one very prominent finding from, from a study we did is uh, there is a human AI fairness gap, which basically means that uh, in a situation where you have a decision maker and the decision maker is a human, and you compare that same decision situation to a situation where the decision is made by a robot, we tend to perceive the human decision maker as fairer than the robot. <laughs> which is... Almost funny because we all know we humans are so fallible and make so many errors, and the, and yet it's the robot. And robots are really good at what they do, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, just objective yeah. and neutral. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the scenarios that you presented um, the participants in your in, in your studies or in your research with. What were they considering as a possibility that that AI would decide for them? 
So uh, we have three um, scenarios. One is a predictive policing scenario. So basically a situation where the police um, needs to predict some kind of risk in order to effectively deploy their police forces. Then we have a school admission scenario. Uh, the idea is that we have an AI predicting the likelihood of students' success at schools and that AI will then, based on that prediction, decide on whether student should be admitted or not. So a pl the police force deciding where is crime going to happen and then an and then AI telling me, Connor, you can go to this university or you can't because yes. you're not going to be successful. Exactly. There. Based on a prediction of, of your success chances at that specific institution. And what was number three? Uh, number three is a refugee placement scenario. And here the idea is that we can use some kind of AI or uh, um, matching algorithm that will help us efficiently place refugees across mm -hmm. the country. Which one do we want to discuss here? Uh, all of them. Police. Oh. Let's start with uh, Let's just go the in the order. Okay. Poli right, the poli uh, we have human police officers who can decide whether or not crime is going to happen in a certain place. And we have AI which is sifting through who knows what kind of data. What do people react better to? What do participants, participants in your studies like more? So in that specific scenario, people tend to prefer the human decision maker, although I have to say that there is a, seems to be a general aversion against human decision making as well in the predictive policing scenario. And there could be a lot of different reasons. So we ran this specific study in the U.S., so it could be that due to recent to the George Floyd shooting, for example, and and um, massive police violence in the U.S., uh, the difference in perceived fairness between the human police officer and an AI police officer is not as pronounced as it is in other scenarios. Um, so, in addition to having a human decision maker and an AI decision maker, we also have hybrid. Um, decision processes. So where the AI helps the police officer, but the police officer makes a decision, or where the police officer has some exactly. input and the AI ultimately makes it. Exactly. Basically, there is a human decision maker interacting with an AI that is used to predict some kind of, of crime risk. Uh, but the human always remains in the loop, meaning that the human officer will always make um, her own assessment and check whether the assessment made by the prediction made by the AI is plausible or not. That is a scenario that people tend to prefer in terms of fairness. So they consider this as being the fairest decision-making process. So I guess my question, I don't want to jump the gun here, uh, but is, is this extractable to the other two scenarios? My suspicion is it would be that I, university, Admissions, if I have the option of having a human uh, take a look at my, uh, my, my scores, my standardized test scores and my grades and my extracurricular activities, all that stuff, if it could be just a human or just an AI or mostly human with some AI support or mostly AI with some human support that I'm going to – are we always going to take the one where it's mostly human but with some, some AI support? Yes, that's actually an interesting finding of, of our study. Across the different scenarios, what we see is that perceived fairness for the hybrid decision-making procedure with a high degree of human involvement is always considered the fairest. I guess one question I have, 
I'm working it out as I talk into this microphone because I know there are some fast food drive-throughs that are, are using AI. So you go through and you're not talking to a human anymore. You're talking to artificial intelligence. It's transcribing and placing your order. And so I, at first I thought that's a counterexample. I'm allowing it, right? I'm engaging with it. I have no problem at all. But it's not. I'm, that, it's not making a decision for me. It's not looking at the, the kind of car I'm driving, the way my hair is cut, and saying, you know what? You it hears you say medium fry and, yeah. and burgers without pickles, right? It doesn't tell me you're getting chicken nuggets or something like that. And so it leads me to wonder, are we, based on what you've seen, I'm not talking about your study, but your research, are we ever okay with our decisions being made for us. And maybe it's bigger than AI. Maybe we don't even want other people making decisions for us. I don't know. That's a, that's a tricky question. Actually, there, there are studies showing that people sometimes have a preference for delegating decisions, especially very complex deci- decisions, or uh, imagine um, you want to avoid the blame yeah. of you know, some bad bad decision. So these are typical contexts or uh, situations in which human beings tend ah. to prefer delegating uh, okay, so a decision. It, so if I'm going through the drive-thru and I'm supposed to pick out eight meals for eight friends and I don't know what they want, then I want AI to figure that out for me because then it's not my fault. It could be. <laughs> okay. could be. <laughs> okay. Well, in, in the end, we just want the de- decisions to work out for us. Like if an AI had decided, yeah, you get into college, Gabe, then I would have been like, great. I love AI. I love AI. <laughs> but, if, but if I get rejected and it's because of AI, then I'm going to be probably way more angry than if there was a, a human being behind that decision, I guess. Because I would feel that the, the cards are stacked against me in such a way that I'll never be able to, to make it through this world. Even computers. Hate me. Hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm kind of I'm speaking from my individual perspective yeah. right now, but maybe yeah. that could factor into it. I guess the bottom line of our little discussion here is that we're at the very beginning of a scientific journey, and we're not even close to the to the peak. Um, so there, all of these questions that you you mention are in the end, or most of these are not just normative questions. Not it's not just about value assessments. It's also about um, these are also empirical questions. So we don't a- actually know. Empirically, how people, you know, tend to perceive certain kinds of of AI based decisions. Yuan, thank you for coming in and raising, in the best way, I think more questions than you've even answered with your very very interesting study. Yeah, still a, maybe a, a, a warning to the world that we don't, we don't even know what people think about this stuff yet. We haven't even begun collecting the data on these collective goods. Yeah, thank you, Yuan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Science Unscripted.